The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. Glad to have you with us on what should be a fantastic episode. We will have Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film on. I know I mentioned that we're going to bring the podcast to you yesterday, but because of the Super Bowl, which I forgot that that was happening, and frankly, it seemed like the Kansas City Chiefs did as well, we uh, had to push to this afternoon. So Justin was gracious enough to come on the pod and give us about 45 minutes. So a big thank you to him. Um, And I talk about this on the show a little bit later, but he is going to be on bi-monthly. So he is a dude that we love having on the show. And I want to make sure that you guys have a little bit of consistency. So, you know, perhaps when one of our guests is going to be on, and this is one of those guests that, you know, will be on every other week, barring some scheduling changes of course, but if we can make it happen, it will happen. So we will have Justin on and we'll chat about what's going on in Clipper world because things were all rosy until the Clippers now have lost three of their last four and they lost games to Brooklyn, Boston, and then of course yesterday to Sacramento and no PG injury is really concerning to me. We'll talk about with Justin what's going on with PG and his level of concern, but myself, I'm concerned. And it is an injury that doesn't have a real diagnosis um, and timetable to recover. And it seems like, I mean, when you hear bone edema, whatever that is, it's, you haven't really heard it before. And with some guys in the NBA, it's cost them a couple of months on the sidelines. So you're hoping that this is something that he's able to recover from quickly and that the Clippers can get him back because, boy, They really do need him back, and you're seeing how important he is to this team. So everyone that was hating on Paul George, and there were plenty, this is what you get when PG is out. I mean, this guy was having an MVP season, and to take him out of the lineup really hurts. So we'll hopefully get him back sooner rather than later, because he means a lot to this Clippers team. Before we chat with Justin, though, we need to pause the show for an announcement. And it's a fun one. Free stuff. Everyone loves free stuff. What's the free stuff that I'm talking about? The Bruise Letter is back, baby. Oh, yeah. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Brewski, writes an email newsletter you cannot find anywhere else. Not going to be on social. Not going to be on the website. It's only going to your email email box. And where does that go? In your email. Nowhere else. Sign up. How? Bitly slash Bruise Letter 2021. That is bitly, B-I-T-L-Y slash Bruise Letter 2021. Aaron Brewski breaks down every single team in the NBA. Sign up quickly. It only takes 10 seconds. And then just enjoy. Aaron Brewski, straight to your inbox. And of course, fantasy season's upon us. If you are a fantasy head and you want to win, like myself, I recommend the Fantasy Pass. What is the Fantasy Pass? Oh, it's only the best deal in the industry. $4.99 per month, and it brings you so much, so much. And guess what? You don't need to commit long-term. Go ahead, sign up. Try it for one month. If you don't like it, you can cancel. But I promise you, you will not hate it. You will love it. Why? Because it's got everything. The Discord server, I've talked about this on the show all the time. The Hoopall Discord server where it has 
different chat rooms where you can chat about trade advice, ad drops, the tweet storms that Dan Bespers and Adam King do where they break down every single game and the players to keep an eye on. It's incredible. It's the best thing, at least in my opinion, in the Fantasy Pass, especially those tweet storms. So helpful. Even me, someone that follows basketball religiously, loves reading those tweet storms to get those other guys' opinions. And also, you've got those streaming charts where you can see how many games guys are playing each day. That's part of the Fantasy Pass. Pickups, drops, it has everything you need to dominate all year. Check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. That's the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. All right. So, the Clippers are currently 17-8. and eight. They are third in the Western Conference on a little bit of a losing streak. But why don't we talk some hoops with our friend Justin Wilson? All right. You want Justin Wilson, you get Justin Wilson. LA Clippers film is where you can find him on Twitter. One of the best Clippers follows out there, breaks the game down like few do, and we are pleased to have him back on. Justin, what's up, dude? What's going on, man? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to start paying you for these intros, man. You're making me sound way too good, but um, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Of course. And if the listeners haven't figured it out since we had Justin on a couple weeks ago, we're gonna try and make this a bi-monthly thing where Justin comes on every other weekend. And we break down what's going on in Clipperland because, frankly, everyone loves listening to Justin. And so we are giving the people what they want. We are giving them more Justin. I love talking to Justin and chatting about the Clippers. So the people got what they wanted, Justin. It's going to be more of you on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, thank you to all of you guys who, um, who listen to me and care about what I have to say about the Clippers. I really appreciate it. That's that's funny. That's funny. Uh, thank you, though. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. All right. So since we last ch- chatted, because you and I were starting to go into it before we even started recording, we have seen Kawhi and PG sit out because of health and safety protocols. We have seen them return and the Clippers go on a run, and then we have seen the Clippers lose back-to-back games for the first time this season. So, before we go into any specific game, how are we feeling right now? Because the Clippers have now lost three of their last four. Paul George is hurt. Um, Myself, I'm a little bit down. I I don't love where things are going right now. I was really high on this team about mm, four or five days ago. But the Paul George injury scares the hell out of me, man, because I've seen some reports out there of guys missing two, three months with this injury that he's got. So I'm a little bit concerned. Where where are you right now? Um, I think the Clippers said he was day to day. So um, I think they they used the phrasing day to day evaluation. Mm hmm. Um, so from that perspective, I'm cautiously optimistic that it's not going to be too bad. It's not too bad, but, um, but if it is a serious injury, obviously DEFCON one, DEFCON one, but aside, like, but aside from that, I'm honestly not too worried. You know what I mean? I thought they had a great showing on that six game road trip. They got a win without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, we were able to stay COVID free throughout that six game road trip. Um, we had a good showing in Brooklyn against the, um, the nets. Um, even if we didn't come out with the W I thought, um, there were some really good 
good takeaways. That was a really just a really great basketball game to watch. Um, and yeah, um, and then we lost two in a row because we are down our second and probably third best players. And one of those players is an all NBA first team level performer who's playing that way this year. So um, I don't think there's a lot of teams in the NBA right now who are built to withstand the amount of top end talent that the Clippers are without right now due to injury. And um, hopefully we get those guys back on the court soon um, and, and we can get, get, into some real wins and get a win streak going. Um, But the reason why I said I'm not worried is just simply because, you know, these games in the NBA are always going to be tough regardless. And if you are down Paul George and Patrick Beverly, um, these games are going to be hard to win. They're going to be tough. And we could have won both. Right. Those both both the Sacramento and the, the Boston game came down to the wire. And this conversation is different if we make one more open three or one more or we commit one less turnover or something like that. So the fact that we had a chance to go two and oh without Paul George and without Patrick Beverly and and with some great performances from other guys, um, it's kind of encouraging. It's kind of encouraging to me. Um, and I'm kind of optimistic moving forward as long as this Paul George injury isn't too serious. Yeah, I think the PG thing is the biggest concern. And you make some really good points, obviously. And there is some optimism where Pat Beverly was spotted shooting by Miriam before the game. She posted a video on her Twitter account. So it was great to see him going through some workout before the game. And so I would think that he's going to return in the next week or so. And that would be great for the Clippers. And I'm assuming they're taking their time with him because they've already seen how injuries can be something that travels with him. And we know the importance of what Pat Beverly means to this team. I was talking to Andrew Greif about the Brooklyn game. And if Pat Bev is in there, they probably beat Brooklyn because when you face Brooklyn, you need a good defensive guard to face off against Harden and Kyrie. And the Clippers just did not have that. I mean, you're playing Reggie Jackson major minutes, and God bless Reggie Jackson. And we'll talk about him in a bit, because I know you've got some stuff on him. But it's you need Pat Bev in there. You need the defense. And without him, like you said, the Clippers are in trouble. And without him, without PG, it's going to be tough. And they still nearly beat Boston. And like you said, they nearly beat Sacramento, lost by three, and they were leading in both those games. So definitely some encouraging moments. And the question is, can they rebound? And what I think is a pretty easy stretch coming up before the two Utah games, which will obviously be big when you take on Minnesota, Chicago, Cleveland, and Miami before the two Utah games. But overall, yeah, I I tend to agree with you for sure. Let's chat about Reggie Jackson. Because he is someone that, frankly, has filled a role admirably. He did not know that he was going to have to carry this sort of load when he came in to the game January 24th against OKC when Pat Bev was taken out at halftime. But since then, he was really good. He was really good and gave the Clippers a spark. But I think now we're starting to learn a little bit about how he does tend to hurt the Clippers a little bit defensively and maybe is not the guy you want out there for 30 minutes a game. What are your thoughts? Um yeah, so I I think 
it's important to keep some perspective on Reggie Jackson, which is that he was a veterans minimum signing and he was signed late in free agency. And um, so there there are going to be these violent fluctuations in um, in play from him. And with no Patrick Beverly and with no Paul George, you're starting to lean a lot on Reggie Jackson to do some things that um he just can't consistently do. You can't consistently ask him to like be a dynamic downhill PNR playmaker. You can't consistently ask him to like just be a high level scoring guard every night. Um and so I think all in all he's been fine. Um the last couple of games you're 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 starting to see a little bit of his limitations. Um he had a little bit of a bounce back game of sorts against Sacramento. Um but you're starting to see a little bit of his limitations and I actually would want to actually see Lou Williams start over Reggie Jackson in these in these games until um at least Patrick Beverly or Paul George get back because um, Lou Williams is starting to come along and Lou Williams is just a flat out better player in every regard, except maybe catch and shoot. But um, yeah, I would like to see Lou Williams be the guy that is our starting guard until Paul George and Patrick Beverly get back. But that's another conversation. Um, Just Reggie Jackson has been great. He's shot the ball. Well, he's up to like, he's still shooting around 38% on threes for the year. Um, You can always count on him to make a couple of open catch and shoot um, jumpers, but we are getting to the point where we're playing like Reggie Jackson 30, 32 minutes a night here. And he's just like, like, I think the thing against Sacramento, he played like 31 minutes to Lou Williams, 23 or 24 or something like that. And it's just, I don't know how much more to put it. How I don't know a better way to put it than it's a lot of Reggie Jackson. And that's just not what we expected coming into the year. And even as depleted as we are health wise, I don't think that has to be the case. Um, I think we can like maybe um, get, we could withstand, we could stand to see a lot more Lou Williams um, to pick up some of the playmaking slack and that could eat into Reggie Jackson's minutes. So we don't have as much Reggie Jackson because it's just a lot of Reggie Jackson right now. Reggie Jackson floaters, Reggie Jackson threes, Reggie Jackson trying to make plays. And it's just like, that's, that's not that it's just too much. <laughs> it's just too much, quite frankly, but all in all, you just have to remember that he is a veterans minimum signing. He is not, he is not somebody that was um, going to be a starting point guard for us for an extended amount of time. But um, here we are. And I think he's done well. He just has severe limitations and that's the reason why he has the contract that he has. Yeah, and you look at him and Nick Batum, and no one was expecting them to fill the role that they're filling. Right, and, right, and more right. importantly, with Reggie Jackson, just like Patrick Patterson, these are two guys that were sitting on the bench, and all of a sudden, Reggie Jackson is called upon to be the starting point guard after not even being in the rotation. And he has stepped in and done it so well. So a big tip of the hat to Reggie Jackson, because it's not easy to do what he has been doing to go from being on the bench to not playing to starting, and he's done it well. So give credit to him. But you mentioned Lou Williams, and I want to chat about that because Lou has kind of been the forgotten man this season. He's not quite putting forth the sixth man of the year type uh, numbers and season that we're expecting to uh, see from him. But he's starting to turn a corner of late. Why do you think that Lou should start, even though he seems to be a guy that performs pretty well off the bench? 
Uh, well, well, I think I think for for one, um, in a perfect scenario, he would be coming off the bench, and so far he still is. But I think the Clippers, the the starters, just haven't been good, and um. So the way the Clippers have designed their team this year, they've designed it to where Kawhi Leonard is operating out of the mid post, the low post, and Paul George is the one handling the pick and roll playmaking, um, getting into the paint, kicking it out to shooters and things like that. With Paul George not there, that element of the offense is missing with the starters, and the starters are really dragging right now because of it. And God bless Reggie Jackson. Um He's been thrown into a role that's probably a little bit too big for him right now. But Lou Williams is still the best playmaker on this team. And with the starters dragging and struggling the way they are um, as far as finding some shot creation and some dynamic playmaking out of pick and roll, Lou Williams is somebody that if they can just get a little bit more minutes out of and a little bit more possessions out of, they can find a way to... um, help that um paul george absence you're not going to make up for it but what they're missing out of the starters is something that at least lou williams can help in a major way and so ideally lou williams isn't a starter but these aren't ideal times due to injury and you know over the last eight games he's made like over 42 percent of his threes he's up to like 15 a game he had 23 against sacramento um he's finally playing his way into the season and I think the Clippers desperately need his playmaking with Paul George and Patrick Beverly out. And um, really, the most important thing about starting versus coming off the bench is the minute totals. And we need more Lou Williams minutes, in my opinion. And the easiest way to do that is just to start him. Um, you can still there are still ways to start Lou and make more most of his minutes um, come from the bench. Um, but I, I tweeted it out during the game. Um, he He's starting to find some real chemistry with Zoo. He's just looking like the Lou Williams of old as of late. And um, for me, I think it's just important to get his minute total and his shot attempts just a little bit higher and a little bit more, a little bit more Lou Williams. And the easiest way to do that is to take is to have him start and um, have Reggie Jackson come off the bench, in my opinion. Interesting. So that would mean that your bench is Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, and Zoo, basically. But but you can you can you can do it in a way to where you start Lou, but you take him out for Reggie Jackson uh, very early so that you can bring Lou Williams back with the second unit. So like he is starting, but he'll still get most of his minutes with the second unit. And that's just something that I was like spitballing with. Um, I just felt like they just really desperately needed some of his mojo, you know? Interesting. So you would probably play him for the first four minutes or so just to get, exactly, the, get exactly. the Clippers into a good groove offensively and then bring in Reggie Jackson and kind of let him do his thing. But you'd like to see them get off to better start with Reggie Jackson on the bench and Lou starting. 
Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Interesting. And, and Lou was good yesterday. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball very well, 6 of 16, but he got to the line 10 times, and he made yeah. all of his free throws, and that's kind of what you want to see from him and what we've preached about a guy like Paul George all the time is to get to the line as much as possible. And 23 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. I mean, that's damn good. And for Lou Williams to put that up in 29 minutes and still be a plus 6 when the Clippers lost by 3, like you said, it says a lot, and it's good to see Lou kind of rounding into form. And it's interesting because this team just looks so much different than it did last year. I mean, especially when you have Paul George and Pat Beverly out, it's relying on different guys. I mean, Serge Ibaka missed a lot of close range shots yesterday that normally he makes. And just, it, he wasn't that good. Um, Luke Kennard is shooting 45% from deep. He was just one of four yesterday. Nick Batum was not good. He put together a Batum performance that we kind of were thinking he was going to give us at the start of the season. <laughs> uh, five points, four rebounds, and a minus 14. Not great. Kawhi wasn't very good. I think Kawhi needs to be a little bit better um, with Paul George out. So the whole team didn't play very well yesterday. And they still only lost by three. So it says a lot where this team is right now, Justin, that they're still able to stay competitive, even with a team like Sacramento, who, by the way, is better than people give them credit for. The only reason why I don't think they make the playoffs, and I said this yesterday on the box score breakdown show, is I just don't think that they're well coached. I don't think Luke Walton's a good enough coach, but they've got some studs, man, and Fox and Heald and Halliburton and Holmes, and Barnes is playing out of his damn mind. So it's a decent showing yesterday. No, nah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um I think I think what what you which what what we gotta internalize is that the way the team, the Clippers are made, they are made to lean heavily on Paul George's play, his playmaking, and they lean heavily on Patrick Beverly's point of attack defense and three point shooting. And so, when you take those things away, you kind of put a little bit more responsibility on everyone else, and you get you get you get situations where guys are start are having to do more than they than they can quite frankly. Um, but I think the reason why we were able to almost win both of these games is because despite us as a whole not playing well, guys like Terrence Mann, Lou Williams, and Evita Zubak, um, and Marcus Morris is shooting, those four guys are really they they they're really doing it, especially Zoo. Zoo Zoo is one of my favorite players in the league. And I, I'm really happy to see um, that he's starting to round into form. He didn't start the season off all that well, but he's come back with a vengeance and he's back to being the um, two-way terror that we knew him to be from last year. And um, for me, that's that's optimistic. That's, that's good enough because they'll win some games here. They'll lose some games here. You're, you just want to tread water until Paul George gets back. But the fact that Lou Williams, one of your top eight rotation guys, is starting to look the part again. Um, Zoo is starting to look the part again. Um, you're even getting some contributions from Terrence Mann as far as rebounding and defense and like just uh, he's starting to finish a little bit more around the rim. Those things are encouraging. And I think those mean a little bit more than a win and a loss right now. I mean, obviously, you want to win for standings perspective, but. Like like I said at the beginning of the show, we're down two starters, right? Like if the Lakers were down Anthony Davis and KCP for an extended period of time, games would become difficult for them too. So it's not – it's like Chicago. we play Chicago coming up. We play Cleveland coming up. Those games are not going to be easy, and we may split them. We may split them. We may not. Um, we may win, but 
the the reality is that wins are going to be hard to come by and i'm more so looking at how guys who are in the rotation at this very moment due to injury how are they performing and i love what i'm seeing from zoo i love what i'm seeing from lou and that should bode well for the clippers moving forward and that's that's why um the two losses right now aren't too big of a concern. Um, they actually, they actually are more, in my opinion, at least a little bit more encouraging than anything because we could have won those. We could have won those games even as depleted as we were, and we got some good. We got some good reps from Zoo. We got some good reps from Lou. We got some good reps from Terrence Mann. So uh, I'm. I'm actually kind of optimistic moving forward. Like I said, as long as Paul George's injury isn't too serious. Let's take a quick break from Justin Wilson to talk about our friends over at my bookie. Ever since I started this podcast, I have had people ask me gambling advice left and right. And they ask me where I'm betting. They ask me who I'm betting on. And what do I tell them? I tell them that I bet with my bookie. Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. Whether you want to bet on the Australian Open, you want to bet in the Premier League, you want to bet in the NBA, of course, you want to bet on college basketball, March Madness, just around the corner, my bookie has you covered. Not only are they having you covered with sports, they've also got casino games, other fun stuff, blackjack, it's all there. They have my stamp of approval. I do not give it away easily. They are the best at what they do. The best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little bit of excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. And if you want a little bit of advice, hit up the guys at Hoopball Gaming. Devin heads up that department. They do a great job breaking down all the different sports. They give out their bets, and they only give out the bets that they know they're going to win. Well, kind of. Of course, they're hoping to win, and they want you to win as well. And frankly, they go on some winning streaks that are absolute heaters you'll want to be joining them Devin and the hoopball gaming department do a great job but go sign up at my bookie bet with the best bet with my bookie yeah and you look at the starting lineup and when you replace a guy like Beverly with Reggie Jackson and then you replace a guy like PG with Luke Kennard some pretty big drops and if you were to look at the rest of the lineup obviously Kawhi is Kawhi so whoever you replaced him with it's going to be a struggle but if Batum were to miss a game Marcus Morris very solid Pat Patterson filled in pretty well. If Ibaka were to miss a game, Zoo, really good. So the replacements are kind of at the same level. They're pretty close if they're not the same. But with these guys, you're removing two guys and replacing them with two players that just are a pretty big drop compared to what yes. you're used to getting. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I'm glad you said that because that's the reality that we're looking at. And, you know... Kawhi didn't have a great game um, last night. I mean, yesterday against Sacramento, but he too suffers when Paul George and Patrick Beverly aren't on the floor and he has to do a little bit more and he's capable of it. You know, he's Kawhi Leonard, but you know, you're going to get performances like that when he has to be the manufacturer of all of essentially all of the juice while he's on the floor. And that's another reason why I think even he would benefit from Lou Williams starting. It, it just makes life a little bit easier for him. And, um, yeah, that, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully these guys get healthy soon because as long as they are hurt, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. And let's chat about zoo. 
because he yes. deserves the praise. And he was getting some criticism early on. He did not look the same. He was dropping passes, just looked hesitant. It seemed like he really needed to get that chemistry with Lou Williams. And finally, he does have it. And he was aggressive as hell yesterday. And he was getting rebounds on the offensive end. He had five offensive rebounds, 14 total. I think he's got five double-doubles now in his last 11 games. So he's clearly getting the trust of Ty Lu. When was the last time we saw Zoo play 18 straight minutes under Doc Rivers? I mean, it just did not happen. It was shades of Montrez Harrell when Zoo did that a couple of games ago. So we're seeing that this guy is now being trusted in the fourth quarter. What have you seen from Zoo, and how encouraged are you by his play? And are you at all discouraged at all that perhaps Ibaka is not playing as well that maybe he should be? Um. Not all that discouraged with Ibaka just because, again, he's his guards are Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not like he 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 too, just like Kawhi Leonard benefits from having Paul George and Patrick Beverly out there. And I think in a fully healthy lineup, um, Serge Ibaka makes sense with the starters because he is another guy that creates more space for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to create. But with that being said, Zoo has outplayed him considerably over the last, like, I don't know how many games. It's all, it's almost becoming an every night thing. And it's part because Ibaka has been disappointing, but a, a big part of it is that Zoo is just being fantastic. You know what I mean? He had, what did he have, 12 points last night with 14 rebounds? Um, he's being, he's, he's protecting the rim as, as good as you can, as good as you can hope for. And then, you know, I, I tweeted this, I just, I tweeted this yesterday during the game. His conditioning is, is, is something to marvel at. He goes from inline to inline and his motor is off the chain. He doesn't get tired. He's back to finishing everything around the rim. He's got, he's got million dollar hands his catch radius is like as wide as you would want a footer to be um he's starting to create some good chemistry with Lou Williams again I, I just I can I can't say enough about um about what Zoo has been able to do this season after that rough start and if you're looking for any positives he's probably the biggest positive right now and you know with the Clippers it's all about the playoffs and Seeing seeing Zoo right now getting all of these fourth quarter minutes now um is is something that you should think about as far as like, man, this would be extremely beneficial come playoff time. He has these fourth quarter reps. Um he'll be he'll be used to it. He'll be used to getting this load of fourth quarter minutes. So um I I've been I've been he's been amazing, honestly. And um, you know, the 18 straight minutes is is kind of wild. You you hope you would hope in a typical setting that it wouldn't have to be that way, but like they are injured. They, they're, they're hurt right now and they needed it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this um, zoo Renaissance of sorts. And um, I, I hope he keeps it up. Um, and I think he will, he's not doing anything that's out of, out of ordinary. He's just a really great rim protector. He's a really great rebounder and he has a fantastic motor and he's putting it all together right now. Yeah, and I'm happy to see him playing the way he is. And it's interesting because we talked before the season, should Zoo start, should Ibaka start? And then obviously it ended up being Ibaka. And we were a little bit discouraged that Zoo wasn't getting a start after how well he was playing in the postseason last year. But I think I like this role now because the second unit really needs him defensively. 
and it seems like he provides that and helps the second unit a lot. So some may say, hey, why don't you start Zoo and have Ibaka off the bench? But reverse of what you're saying with Lou, where Lou should start and Jackson should come off the bench, I kind of like Zoo coming off the bench now, which I didn't think I was going to ever say, but it, it seems to work. What do you think? Um, so I wasn't, so for me, when I saw that Serge Ibaka was going to start at the beginning of the year, I was more, more or less concerned with the minutes, right? So Serge Ibaka can start or Evita Zubak could, could have started. Um, it's more or less how close do they get as far as like 24 minutes for Zoo, 24 minutes for Ibaka. And I think Ty Lu has given um, Zoo all the minutes that he could handle, including fourth quarter minutes, despite him coming off the bench. So it is kind of working. And you hit you hit the nail on the head. The second unit, um, especially when a team is fully healthy, needs that anchor defensively. Because at this point in time, um, I think Zoo is a is a substantially better defender than Ibaka. But in the in the in the starting lineup, you have four really great defenders. So you don't really need um, that fifth guy to be just a dynamo defensively. Whereas the bench has some combination of Luke Kennard, Lou Williams and Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. And that lineup needs a defensive anchor in the worst way. And even even Zoom may not be enough to help that lineup defensively, but he is definitely needed more in the second unit than the first unit. So it does make sense from that perspective. And I just like um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard having a floor spacer at the five um, in that starting unit. So it's actually worked out pretty well, much better than I expected. Um, I don't have any I don't have a real problem with Zoo um, coming off the bench. Um, I, I, I love how I love the minute allocation between those two. Um, so I, I, it's work. I'm with you. It's worked really, really, really well. And Ty Lu seems to recognize when the hot hand is there. And that's why he played zoo as many minutes as he did over the last week or two. I mean, he's noticing what zoo is bringing to the table. And if Ibaka's having a good game, he'll stick Ibaka in there. He, it, the one thing that I can trust this year is that it really does seem like Ty Lu is making the right decision. He's looking at what works. Um, he's looking at the numbers in the analytics, and it seems like he is making the right decision. So, so it's definitely a positive thing um, for the Clippers. Now, I want to touch on Luke Kennard because someone tweeted at you that he sucks. And uh, <laughs> he, I mentioned earlier on the pod that somehow um, he's shooting 45% from three. And even in fantasy basketball world, I mean, I get questions about Kennard all the time. And he's a guy that everyone's saying, oh, he's a bust. I have always said that I never understood who they were bidding against with this four-year, $64 million deal. It never made sense to me to give him that much money for a a guy that was coming off injury that I don't think was going to get that sort of money on the market. But the Clippers did anyways, and they did the same thing, obviously, with Marcus Morris. But Morris kind of had proved more in the past, and I think he fit the system um, with the Clippers in terms of all the different positions he could guard. So... Talk Clippers fans off a ledge when it comes to Luke Kennard. I mean, I think it's okay to be disappointed in Luke Kennard's um, play to start the year. Um, I think it's fair to say that he's underwhelmed. Um, I think it's fair to say that he's been disappointing. But 
I'm more of a I'm more or less on this from the standpoint of he's played like 25 games this year and we have him for like the next three years. I think it's just entirely premature to like just completely throw it away with um, Luke Kennard. I still think that there's a lot there. Um, I just want to see it. And I, I, I want to give him the fair shot to uh, prove it. Um, the, the way I see it, if he, the more time he gets away from injury, um, the better you'll see it. You'll see from him. Um, he is someone who has juice off the dribble. He hasn't shown it though. He hasn't shown it though. Um, basically, other than being able to knock down open or wide open threes, um, his game has been pretty limited, and it's been a bit more limited than I or other Luke Kennard optimists um, would have hoped for. But it's early, and it's early in our relationship with Luke Kennard, and I would say just just give it time. Just, just give it time because in in Detroit, he he did show some glimpses of what he could be. Um, he's still a young player. This is his first time being traded. He's on a new team, new role, and he's trying to figure out how to um, navigate that. And that's going to take time. Um, things don't happen overnight. Um, he's still shooting 45% on threes, um, per 36 on solid volume, six attempts a game. Um, so there is something there and he was traded for a guy who is quite literally stinking up the joint in Detroit. I mean, excuse me, in Brooklyn in Landry Shamit. So he's has, he has under, he has underwhelmed, but he definitely doesn't suck. And I think as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, you'll see a Luke Kennard that is a bit more reliable come playoff time. But, you know, he's definitely underwhelmed to start the year. There's no doubt about that. But he's, he showed enough in Detroit with the ball for me to give him some time um, and see, just let him get more acclimated into the role that he's being asked to be in with, with the Clippers. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, but I will, I would, what I would say is that if I'm not mistaken, the last year of Luke Kennard's deal is a team option for one, and it hasn't even started yet. And he could very well make this conversation look pretty foolish. If in the next like 15, 20 games, he averages like 13 a game and is hitting, um, step back threes off the dribble. And he's really impacting winning in a material way. So, um, just give it time. Just give it time. Let me ask you something, because you mentioned a couple of times there that he showed more in Detroit. You're a guy that's looked at plenty of film. When will we know that he is back to the guy that was in Detroit? What will he be doing on the floor that tells you, yup, yup, this is the guy that they signed to the extension. Yep, this is the guy that we are excited about. Um, When he stops pump faking so much on threes, for one, and for two, when he is taking like step backs and he's taking step back threes off the dribble against bigs on switches, when he's being aggressive on a consistent basis, that's when you'll know um, that Luke Kennard is, is back. If he if he to me, he's being incredibly passive and he did have that issue in Detroit, too, where he was a little bit too passive. But the times that he wasn't passive, he was 
hitting step backs on bigs. He was making these crazy passes off the dribble. He was um, playing, he was being dynamic and pick and roll as a playmaker. Um, he was set to be Detroit's point guard this year. That's how good with the ball he was. And during during the Pistons minicamp, they were running with him as being the point guard. So he is someone that um, has a bit of juice on the ball. And when you start seeing him making plays out of pick and roll for himself and others, that's when you'll know that Luke Kennard has arrived with the Clippers. Let's hope that it's sooner rather than later. And again, we, we have to reiterate it. And frankly, I have to say it because I got to tell myself this because – uh, I'm obviously disappointed in what I've seen so far. This is a guy that was away from the game of basketball for about a year, and he has not played competitive basketball in a while, and he is someone that is getting used to a new system in a new city during a pandemic. So we, we got to give this guy a little bit of time because he's still young. He's got the talent. So it's definitely has a chance to be there. But let me ask you this. How thrilled are you that Derrick Rose is not going to be on the Clippers? Uh, <laughs> ecstatic. <laughs> Aesthetic. Um, I don't even think that there was any like I don't even think that that was real on the Clippers end anyway. I I don't think I, so I, either, by the way, because when Mark Stein comes out and says the Clippers are interested, guess what? When a reporter comes out and says the Clippers are interested, the Clippers don't do that. They don't tell yeah. people anymore what's going on behind the scenes. So don't buy that stuff. And and, you know, I think on Rose's end, um, he was throwing that out there that the Clippers are interested just to um, raise his value a bit. But, yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Derrick Rose in general, but especially as a basketball player. And he does not fit anything as in regards to what the Clippers um, do offensively or defensively. Uh, he makes no sense at all. <laughs> I, 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 I never even understood it. And it's no surprise to me that um, the Clippers did not end up making any sort of like um, tangible offer for D Rose because the Clippers have like Patrick Beverly is better than, um, than Derrick Rose. A lot of people don't realize that because they like they like to watch raw stats and and things like that. But Patrick Beverly is better than Derrick Rose. Lou Williams is better than Derrick Rose. Um he makes the team worse if you trade those guys for Derrick Rose. Like I, I never understood it. So I'm glad he is not with the Clippers. Any player that you've seen right now that you'd like to have on the Clippers? Because there's a lot of talk and Listen, even with the point guard position, it's always been a thing. Do the Clippers have a backup point guard? And we always wonder, do they do they have a point guard? And okay, well, they do with Patrick Beverly, especially for what they're doing right now with the ball in PG and Kawhi's hands as much as it is. But now with no Beverly, maybe you'd like somebody else besides for Reggie Jackson to fill that role. Is, is there somebody else that you'd like to have on this team, whether it be a point guard or another position? My guy, my guy has always been um, Lonzo Ball. Um, I know um, I, we. I don't think we have. I don't think we have the uh, the package to to make anything happen on on that front. Um, I don't even know what the trade machinations would be to bring Lonzo to the Clippers, but that's been my guy. Just because I see so many similarities in in Patrick Beverly and Lonzo that um we would um 
we would we would definitely benefit from um from having him on the team man as the guy that backs up Patrick Beverly and probably starts quite a bit due to Patrick Beverly's um injury history um Lonzo is injury prone too but he's younger but he's also somebody who like Patrick Beverly is a great rebounder for position can guard multiple positions can make open threes um I think Lonzo Ball is a little bit overrated as far as being the number two pick in a draft and this like great playmaker with a ball but he is a really great three and d point guard with some playmaking juice and great size for position so um i in, in my fantasy world he'd be like the quintessential backup for um patrick beverly um, other than that, they just got to get healthy, man. I, I they were rolling before um, before these injuries hit, and like they just got to get healthy. And I don't know if you're trading like Lou Williams or Patrick Beverly away if the player you're getting in return is going to be better. So um, Lonzo was my Lonzo's been my guy. And as long as his father doesn't come along, I'm all for it, man. As long as we don't have that big baller brand nonsense that's thrown around and that off-the-court stuff that's being thrown in our faces. I'm good with it because Lonzo's a very underrated man. Everyone knows that in fantasy basketball circles. It's a guy that uh, performs pretty well and does a lot of good things um, on the court. So I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. So you're making your case there for Lonzo Ball on the clips, and I'm okay with them. I'm just curious to see what type of package they would put together for him. So I think overall, it kind of seems that with these losses, it's more just about the Clippers being without Paul George and Patrick Beverly. And what we're learning is that perhaps maybe Lou Williams should start over Reggie Jackson. And we're learning that Zoo is improving. It, does it seem like that's kind of what your takeaways are from the last week or two, that the team just needs to be healthy and perhaps some tinkering here with uh, – the roles of Jackson and Lou, and then maybe with Zuni Baca. Yeah. And, um, I, I think, I think, um, I want to give a shout out to, um, Terrence man too. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, um, you know, he, the jumper still isn't there, but he's doing things on the floor that are very impactful that, that basically are showing that he's an NBA player and that's a win. That's a win because coming into this season, um, I didn't know, I didn't know. And I was, I, I had a foot out the door when it came, when it came to Terrence Mann. So I love the fact that the Clippers kind of taken him off the ball a bit. He's become more of a wing this year and that has allowed him to guard multiple positions, rebound, push pace, um, he's just a raw talent and, um, when good, he's just doing really good things. And like, it, it's in direct opposition to someone like Luke Kennard, who should be better and has like, he's definitely a better shooter than, um, Terrence Mann, but everything else, Terrence Mann has been better than that. So like, I, I, I want to give a shout out to like Terrence Mann for really showing himself during this season, really, um, at, to be like an NBA player, as far as like how good he'll be as an NBA player. I, who knows, but he was a, he was a late second round pick and to get an NBA player out of that, out of that, in that draft range is like really great. And for the Clippers, that's a win because, you know, when you are in game 27, 28 and, and guys are in and out of the lineup, you need inning stillers. You need guys who can just play an NBA game competently 
And at least Terrence Mann can do that and probably a bit more with more seasoning and more experience. So um, I, I've loved what I've seen from him, Lou, Zoo. Um, those guys have really have really popped to me during this stretch where we've been hurt. Yeah, and he's provided some energy. And you and I talked about this before the season about how the Clippers just seem to have been really bad in the draft in the last several years and have not had anybody that's been able to contribute really since DeAndre Jordan. The, the Clippers just have not really hit on a guy that's a main rotation piece. So uh, it's kind of nice to see a guy like Mann that he's not going to be a guy that's going to start and going to be um, someone that blows your mind, but he's going to contribute. So it's nice to see the Clippers actually getting someone that does contribute in the draft, for sure, no doubt about it. So now we are going to take a little bit of a break from uh, the basketball side of things from you and I talking hoops for about a week, two weeks, actually. We're gonna, we'll have you back on because I'm looking at the schedule now, and it looks like Sunday, February 21st is when the Clippers take on Brooklyn at 5 o'clock at home. So we're going to try oh, to be awesome. Yeah, so we'll aim to record after that game on the 21st, and we'll chat about, obviously, the game against the Nets, which should be great, and also the two games before that, which are yes. two, two games against Utah. So excited to have you back on. Not this weekend, the following weekend to break down a week that contains Utah twice and Brooklyn. So always a good time. Anything else that you wanted to hit on? Because I'm not going to leave this podcast until you have gotten everything off your chest. Um, Not really. I just think uh, a lot of um, Clipper Nation can be like really panicky. And like, I think I mentioned it on a pod, like, if the Lakers didn't have KCP or Caruso with Anthony Davis and both of those guys were hurt, ironically enough, Anthony Davis is out tonight um, with, with some ten, with some um, Achilles tendonitis for whatever. Um, my point is that these games are going to be a struggle. Um, these games right now are in no way a referendum on how good this Clipper team is. Like they are missing some really good players. Like Paul George, Paul George was averaging like 24, 25 a game on like 50, 48, 90. Like, and he was, he was the best playmaker on the team. Like, and Patrick Beverly was hitting like 41% of his threes on like four or five attempts a game, along with being a really great rebounder and a point of attack defender. They are going to struggle, but um, I think it's just important to just keep some perspective as we move forward through the season. Yep, keep that perspective because guess what? We got a long way to go. The Clippers are 17 and 8. That is still damn good. And when you look at what they've done this season to be sitting right now third in the conference and to be a game and a half back of the Lakers is just fine. Now, what will happen in the second half? Will we have a second half after they play that all-star game in Atlanta? God knows. <laughs> but we, we can get through what we have in front of us, at least until March 4th, and we'll go from there. Justin, always a good time. You, uh, you can always follow Justin's work at LA Clippers Film. One of the best follows, one of the best minds on Clippers Twitter. Justin, always a great time, man. Thank you for having me. See you on the 21st. Yes, sir. Man, I love having that guy on. I, I just do. I just do. It's a great conversation. It always ends up being longer than I expected it to go. And it just goes and hits on everything that I wanted to talk about and everything that he wanted to talk about. So always a good time. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And if you missed it during the actual conversation, we are going to have Justin on bi-monthly. It's 
one of the things that I want to get some consistency for sure in this podcast. And Justin has volunteered and gracefully or said that he would do it every other week. So it gives him a chance to kind of step back and evaluate what's going on in Clipperland. And so he will be on the podcast every other week. So I hope you look forward to it. It was great having him on during the playoff run and having him on every weekend to chat about what was going on with the Clippers in the playoffs. So I think this will do something similar, but at least during the regular season. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, before we go elsewhere, folks, Valentine's Day is upon us. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you are one of them. I know that you've used scissors before. You've uh, had those accidents. We want to make sure that that does not happen. And Manscaped is the perfect place to start with the Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by the revolutionary third-generation Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which is advanced skin-safe technology, features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. We want you to be taken care of. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers, That'll keep your privates feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Easily the comfiest pair that you have ever had. It's the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. The code is HOOPBALL20. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. And speaking of Valentine's Day, the Los Angeles Clippers have a couple of games this week before we get to Valentine's Day. They'll be playing on Sunday against Cleveland, so hopefully it is a good day for them. But first up, Minnesota on Wednesday, Chicago on Friday, both games on the road before returning home for Valentine's Day on Sunday. Very curious to see what the Clippers do in those two games against Minnesota and Chicago, Minnesota don't think they'll have Carl Anthony Towns. He may be back. Apparently, he's trying to get his conditioning in order. And Chicago will be without Laurie Markinen, who is out two to four weeks. So the Clippers have the advantage there against a team that, frankly, they have the advantage on anyways. So perhaps we'll talk to our friend over at Hoopball Bulls and Greg before the Clippers take on the Chicago Bulls. So a big thank you to everybody for listening. You can always follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. You can follow the Twitter handle of the show at Hoopball Clips. And of course, rate and review the podcast. It would be awesome if you have a chance to do that. Five-star rating, review the podcast as well. And always hit me up if you want on Twitter at BD Marcus. Tell me how you like the show and any guests you might want to have on. So a big thank you to you, the listeners. As I always tell you, this show does not go on without you and the many people that are listening. So a big thank you to everybody. Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus, and go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.